Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Purpose Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The goal of this podcast is to help men find and fulfill their purpose. I'm going to help them be good, strong leaders, good, strong men, good male role models in their communities. I'm going to do that by having conversations. I'm going to invite guests on. I'm going to ask our guests, what is your purpose? What do you think your purpose ought to be? How did you find that purpose? And what do you do every single day? How do you get up, get after it, and go and fulfill that purpose? Today we have the last episode of the book club for meditations. We are going to be going over books 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12. Um, I'm going to do it a little bit differently than what I have been doing. I started to do my prep for the podcast for uh, 7 and 8, um, and then 8 and 9, 9 and 10, or uh, sorry, 7 and 8, 9 and 10, and then 11 and 12, and I started to just kind of see the same things over and over again. The, the, the stuff that I highlighted was very repetitive, and I've already talked about it multiple times from multiple different angles. And so I figured what you didn't want to listen to was another five hours of me going over the same stuff from Marcus Aurelius, the same ideas. Um, So what I did notice, though, when I was going through there is that there's a repetitive theme um, inside 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12 from a few different quotes. Uh, And I want to address that whole theme at once. So all of these books, I've got one quote from each of the books that... I think serves uh, this theme pretty well, this idea. Before that, we're going to do um, a little bit of, I guess, news update on the podcast. Uh, next month, we're going to be starting, I guess, pretty soon, next week, we're going to be starting Blood Meridian. Super excited for that book, I think. <laughs> I've got to figure out how to review it. It's a, it's a bear, to say the least, but I think I've got a good direction going for uh, how I'm going to bring content to y'all from that book. Um, so, yeah, uh, Blood Meridian. After that, we're going to do All the Pretty Horses, so that's two Cormac McCarthy's in a row. After that, I believe we're going to do Lonesome Dove, which is I'm super excited about. Lonesome Dove is going to be really, really cool. Uh, so yeah, guys, tune into this. Uh, it's going to get Western literally for the next three months. We're going to be doing Westerns for, uh, let's see, March, April, and May. And I'm super excited about it. I think there's a lot that we can, uh, connect to, you know, with our roots from, from understanding Westerns and understanding what the American West was like. So, uh, get in on that, come and read the books. I, I promise that they'll be worth it. Uh, another little bit of news. I'm sitting. I'm super happy. I'm sitting in my new studio. Uh, I say new studio. It's a spare bedroom, but uh, I couldn't use it for a long time because the echo was so bad in here. Um, I was having to record in the kitchen because, I mean, somehow the kitchen was better. I guess just because it had like more uh, stuff on the walls and it was a little bit bigger of a room, so maybe the sound had more time to dissipate or whatever. Uh, but. The echo was always really bad, and I know that y'all have noticed that listening to it to where when my guest is talking, you can hear uh, the echo in my mic or vice versa. Um, And I always had to do weird audio things to the audio and to the mics to try to mitigate that, and it it always makes the audio sound weird, and I haven't been super happy with it. I know a lot of people say that my audio is good, especially for a podcast just starting out, and I appreciate that, but um, we are sitting in my spare bedroom. I have got 12... Uh, 12 sound panels. Um, they're not up on the walls yet completely because I had to put them in the drywall and I'm really deciding uh, how I want to put them in the drywall because not all of them were able to have studs. So uh, 
anyway, uh, the echo is, I mean, it, it is dead in here and I absolutely love it. And we're going to do even more, uh, sound dampening, uh, pretty soon. So eventually you won't have to worry about a single lick of echo, especially once I get better mics. Um, but just happy to report that, uh, it actually worked. So, um, stay tuned for better audio cause I'm excited. So anyway, let's, uh, let's get into it. What is the theme that I'm talking about in eight, nine, 10, 11, and 12 books, um, for meditations? So basically it's this idea that I've had for a little bit now and that, uh, I think meditations is backing up here that, um, a lot of our anxieties and a lot of our, uh, anxieties and maybe even a little bit of depression, but the reason that we aren't exactly comfortable with ourselves on a day to day. And you ask me how I know this because I have experienced it, um, a lot, uh, you know, when I was gaining weight or, you know, maintaining my fat ass weight, um, I was never truly happy with myself. And I think that was a lot of people say that, you know, Oh, it's a hard grind to get uh, skinny. A lot of people say, yeah, it's hard to lose weight. Uh, it's always much harder being fat, uh, at least emotionally. It was for me anyway. Uh, fat and undisciplined, it was much more difficult than it ever was losing. I mean, I've lost like 45 pounds almost. Um, and so <laughs> the idea that, uh, yeah, the idea that it's a lot more difficult um, to do something good for you than bad for you, I think is, is uh, a little bit, uh, false. Um, I think emotionally when we're not, um, doing the things that we know we want to do, it takes a toll on us daily. And I've found this theme in Marcus Aurelius, uh, in meditations. Uh, he's basically, he's kind of describing what I'm talking about. And then he gives some pretty, uh, to the point solutions for what I'm talking about, I think as well. Uh, we're going to start on book nine, number 26, He says, endless suffering, all from not allowing the mind to do its job enough. Um, That's always kind of how I felt when I wasn't acting in accordance with uh, the way I actually wanted to live my life. Let's say my purpose. Uh, When I wasn't being a good husband, then uh, endless suffering. It was was just a constant, and it's not an acute uh, suffering, I don't believe, at least in my experience. For there's, there's acute issues. People have anxiety attacks, depression, all that stuff. I'm not even going to get into that. Uh, but I feel like a lot of the, the best way I can describe it is negative energy. And I kind of hate using that, um, the terms of energy and things like that. It's not my deal, but, uh, that's kind of the best way that I can, uh, I can describe it as just negative energy. Nothing's extremely wrong, but there's this constant nagging in your mind that, uh, you know, you're not doing the things that you need to do. And I experienced that a lot. And Marcus Aurelius uh, apparently has experienced it as well. He says, endless suffering, all from not allowing the mind to do its job enough. And what we know from the past of the book is that its job is its nature, its purpose. Um, I think we're all built for some sort of purpose. Uh, when we're not allowing our mind to fulfill our purpose, um, then you're going to have endless suffering, I think. And when I say suffering, again, it's what I mean, the anxiety. Uh, you go into work and you're just not happy to be at work. You come home and you're just not happy to be at home. And you're forcing yourself to be happy. Maybe you are 
happy for a moment, but there's a constant weight hanging over your head knowing that what you're doing is eventually going to bite you in the ass and you're not going to be happy about it. Uh, Weight is a perfect example Um, that, you know, that big ass meal at a Mexican food restaurant um, may make you happy in the moment, but you know for a fact that it's pushing, you know, pushing 3000 calories. uh, And on top of those chicken strips you had for lunch, um, you're going to gain some fucking weight off of that. And you know that it's going to bite you in the ass eventually. Um, So this is just, like I said, book nine, number 26. He's describing it, endless suffering, all from not allowing the mind to do its job. Let's go to number two. So this is going to be book 11, number 21. If you don't have a consistent goal in life, you can't live it in a consistent way. Unhelpful, unless you specify a goal. There is no common benchmark for all the things that people think are good, except for a few the ones that affect us all. So, the goal should be a common one, a civic one. If you direct all your energies towards that, your actions will be consistent, and so will you. Um, Yeah, so let's go over that again. If you don't have a consistent goal in life, you can't live it in a consistent way. I think this is one of the very, very large reasons that purpose is so essential um, to a lot of people, especially men, is because people strive for consistency. They strive for routine. And a lot of people say, no, I just go with the flow and this and that. You you do create your own routine, uh, whether you think so or not. Um, whether that routine is to go to work every day or not go to work every day or be late every day. Um, people always strive to consistency and they always end up in some sort of pattern. And a lot of times that pattern is bad. A lot of times that pattern is we're going to hit the bar at Thursday and we're going to stay drunk until Monday. Um, that's a routine, whether you like it or not. Routine constantly has this, uh, I guess, positive connotation with it. Um, and I, I mean, good, I guess, but, um, routines can be negative and whether you like it or not you have a routine understand what your routine is understand what your patterns are and try to identify whether they align with your goal he says if you don't have a consistent goal in life that's what i call a purpose and this is why um I think it's important to focus on big goals, but I also think that they should be seen through a lens of purpose because you need some sort of consistent driving force uh, to achieve those goals and in order to have something to fulfill every single day, even when that goal may not be um, be getting met. Um I hope that I hope that makes sense. You know, a lot of people want to be a millionaire one day. A lot of people want to uh, get that next promotion. They want to be a CEO of some company. Well, that's that's fine, um, but it's not exactly a consistent goal. There's a lot of um, how do I put this? It's hard to wrench consistency out of a goal like that, a big goal like that. You have to break it down into so many different steps and it gets very convoluted very quick, especially when those goals rely on other people. Um, yeah, you, you can do everything within your power to be a CEO one day. And that may mean starting your own company and being the CEO of it. But, um, when these goals hinge on different people and different actions and you navigating the waters of different people, uh, it's hard to build a consistent driving force on a daily basis, uh, to get behind, to let your mind get behind. So that's why I prefer having a purpose and then having goals inside that purpose. For example, 
I want to be the best husband I can possibly be. Well, what does that mean? That means I have to provide. Okay. That means I have to provide for my wife. Uh, that means that I need to make about, you know, $80,000 a year in order to provide for my wife or whatever that may be. Um, then I want to be the best father I can possibly be. Well, what does that mean? That means when I have kids, uh, I want, I need to be able to provide for them. I need to be at home that, you know, I'm working in the goal of the CEO. This is not all you need to do to be a husband and a father, but, um, in order to make being a CEO, CEO, your goal, uh, behind the purpose of behind your purpose, being a good father, you have to provide for these children. You have to show them what hard work looks like. Uh, you have to pay for all their stuff. You have to pay for, uh, their college or whatever they decide to go do, um, after they leave your, uh, leave your house. Um, so what do you need to do? You need to make on top of the $80,000 a year that you need to support your wife and, uh, yourself, you need to make another $20,000 a year or whatever. Um, this is how you organize, uh, goals behind your purpose. And what that does is because having a purpose, uh, encompasses multiple goals that you can break down into daily assignments. So for example, um, in order to make the amount of money that you need to make, you still have to go to work in order to be a good husband. Uh, maybe, maybe the money isn't the focus that day. Maybe the money is the long-term goal that you're going to get up to $80,000 a year or $200,000 a year, whatever it is. Uh, the daily goal is going to be, um, loving my wife, telling my life, telling my wife that I love her at the end of the day, helping her fold laundry at the end of the day, cause she needs help. That's what we're going to do. And what it does is it, it keeps us consistent, uh, daily driving force for you to be a good person and fulfill your purpose. And I think that's what he's saying here. I'm going to go ahead and read it again. Uh, book 11, number 21. If you don't have a consistent goal in life, you can't live it in a consistent way. Unhelpful unless you specify a goal. There is no common benchmark for all the things that people think are good, except for a few, the ones that affect us all. So the goal should be a common one, a civic one. If you direct all your energies towards that, your actions will be consistent, and so will you. Um, this little part in here to where he says that the goal should be a common one, a civic one. Uh, I don't really know what that means. Um, you know, a civic one he's talking about for the community and, uh, your purpose should be to serve the community. I think, yeah, let's, let's go with that. Um, I think that's true, but don't take this in a way that everybody needs to go to public service. Community is your home. Uh, building a good family is probably the best way that you can serve your community is by building a good family inside your own house. Um, so think of this when he says a civic one, it should be a common goal, a civic one, uh, understand the things that actually serve your community, building a good family, going to church, making your church better, uh, things like that. And try to organize your purpose around something like that. A purpose of service. I say that a lot. Uh, I think everybody needs to have their main purpose as a purpose of service. So, uh, that's number two in support of my theory. So we've gone over, um, we've gone over endless suffering. Uh, he's describing what we go through when we don't have a, a, a purpose and a common goal and we're not aligned, uh, with that purpose on a daily basis. Uh, we've covered, um, why you should have a consistent goal, why you should have an overarching purpose that stays consistent on the day to day. Let's go to number three. If I can get it open, I even, you know what, look, you don't have to hear me uh, flip pages the whole time. I've got tabs. 
I am extra prepared today. <laughs> um, so he starts with uh, book 10, number 12. He says, why all this guesswork? You can see what needs to be done. If you can see the road, follow it cheerfully without turning back. If not, hold up and get the best advice that you can. If anything gets in the way, forge on ahead. Make good use of what you have on hand, sticking to what seems right. And then in parentheses, he says, the best goal to achieve and the one we fall short of when we fail. So um, I think that uh, this kind of shows we, we've identified um, what it's like when we don't have a purpose. It's endless suffering. It's just a constant nagging um nagging on you that you're not in alignment with uh, what you need to be then we've gone over why it's important to have a consistent goal to to stop the endless suffering and why a consistent goal is uh, key in 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 place of these long-term goals that we typically try to have Um, let's go and look and basically what he's saying is why why all the guesswork why is it so uh confusing for you to figure out your goal you can see what needs to be done i i've rarely ever met somebody that i've had to just flat out like tell them what their purpose is um now that's not always for me to say but nine times out of ten people know uh what they need to do and what they need to rally behind as their purpose they know if they want to be a husband or if they want to be a father or um, what they want to do in life. They know that they need to be fit. They know that they need to uh, do these things that align with a greater purpose, whether that's being a Christian. They know these things. Um, it, it's incredibly it's incredibly hard to get um, to the age, you know, to like being a teenager without knowing how a typical human uh, operates and what good from wrong is. I, I, I think it's uh, incredibly hard, at least in my experience, to get there and not somewhat know the difference between right and wrong and the difference between what we're supposed to do and what we're not supposed to do. Um, very few. Now, the details are missed all the time. And, you know, my wife, uh, y- y'all know this, I'm, uh, my wife works at the children's shelter. And those are the kids that sometimes they just uh, a lot of people think that they just don't know the difference between right and wrong. Even those kids know. I mean, even those kids know that the, the stuff that they're doing is wrong. They know. They're aware. Um, they just don't have the self-discipline and the, uh, the self-esteem and the self-respect to do those things. And they've got a lot of trauma in their past. Uh, some of them have actual issues, uh, like mental issues. But... Um, it's not that they don't know what's right or wrong. And how do I know this? Because you can get them to do what's right very easily. Uh, we've discussed here in this book that you're never going to turn somebody away um, from evil or what they think is good for them. I believe it was the quote, and I didn't know I was going to go here, but uh, so I don't have it prepared in front of me. But um, you're never going to turn people away from what they think is good for them. And everybody knows that you know what's what's good is what what's right. Uh, what what is good for them is what's what's right. These kids know what's good for them. They know what's right. They just don't have good examples of why exercising discipline and what's right is um, is the right thing to do. How how it's going to benefit them. Sorry, they know it's right. Uh, they're just not exactly uh, sold on the fact that it's going to benefit them, and they don't have the discipline. Um, 
that it takes to uh, exercise that. So um, if you're listening to this, you know what is right. I'm going to go under the assumption that you know what is right. And if you don't know what is right, uh, go read the Bible. (laughs) Go listen to Jordan Peterson. Uh, Listen to the past book clubs. We've talked about what is right, what is wrong. Um, What are you waiting on? He says, why all this guesswork? You can see what needs to be done. If you can see the road, follow it cheerfully without turning back. If not, hold up and get the best advice you can. If anything gets in the way, forge on ahead. Make good use of what you have on hand, sticking to what seems right. So, uh, and, and again, you know, I, I talked to a buddy the other day where he was having some of these issues where um, he's not at peace with himself. Uh, that's a good way to describe the endless suffering that I was talking about. He says, yeah, man, I, I'm just not at peace with himself. I don't have to ask him like, oh, well, you know, uh, what do you think is the right move? He, he typically always knows what the right move is. It's the marriage, the kids, the health and fitness, um, you know, (laughs) investing in himself, uh, more than what it is, more than he's investing in other people, investing in his own family in that, in the career space, but investing in his own family more than he is other people's families. Like, um, building his, his life. He knows what is right. He knows how to do what is right. Uh, he just hasn't kind of done it yet. Um, so, I think a lot of people are like that. I know, especially for me, I know exactly when I wake up, I know exactly what needs to be done. When my alarm goes off at 4.30 in the morning, I know exactly what needs to be done. There's no pondering whether I need to get up and start my day. I know exactly what needs to be done throughout the day. Um, So what Marcus Aurelius is saying here is why all this guesswork? You can see what needs to be done. Go do it. So... Just to recap, we talked about the endless suffering, um, what that's like. Uh, you could, oh, uh, yeah, the endless suffering. What's that like? Let's see. We got to go to number one. Yeah, endless suffering, all from not allowing the mind to do its job. Uh, what is what that's like? I give you a little bit of example from my life. Uh, number two, uh, if you don't have a consistent goal in life, you can't live in a consistent way. We talked about why it's important to have a consistent goal, what that does for you, and how to place your larger goals underneath a, a purpose, a, a consistent goal that drives you every single day. Uh, we just went over why all this guesswork. We just talked about that. Uh, let's see. Number four. I'm going to go right here. This is kind of a uh, just a little bit of reinforcement on why... <sighs> how to do this day. So I'm just going to read it. I'm just going to read it. Uh, book eight, number 22 and 22 a, he says, stick to what's in front of you. Idea, action, utterance. This is what you deserve. You could be good today, but instead you chose tomorrow. So I don't exactly know what he means by idea, action, utterance, uh, utterance. I don't really know. Um, what he's trying to say there, but he says, stick to what's in front of you. And to me, that kind of goes on to why all this guesswork, what's in front of you right now is this purpose that you know, you're supposed to be achieving this, uh, this physical fitness that, you know, you're supposed to be getting after, uh, this woman that you're supposed to love and be the best husband to, uh, these purposes that are right in front of you. He's saying, stick to that. Like, basically what he's saying is prioritize and execute. And I I know some of y'all may hate me uh, breaking out Jocko uh, whenever I'm at a loss for words, but it's so true. Uh, Prioritize and execute, stick to what's in front of you. You know, today I've got a lot of shit going on. Um, A lot of stuff going on. And I came home from my workout and I was just kind of like in a frenzy. I didn't know what to really do. 
and I said, stick to what's, you know, stick to what's in front of you. What are the things I know I needed to do? Well, I know I needed to get a cold shower. Okay. Well, I know I'm hungry, so I need to go make breakfast. Okay. Well, I know that I need to record a podcast and I've got to prep for that podcast. So I prep for the podcast, uh, stick to what's in front of you. The things that, you know, don't try to always reach for something, uh, reach for something else on the daily. And then 22A, the reason that I think this is a daily, he says, this is what you deserve. You could be good today, but instead you chose tomorrow. Um, this is a daily activity. A lot of people don't understand, uh, including myself two years ago or a year ago, even they don't understand that, um, your purpose and doing the right thing is a daily activity. Um, he says, this is what you deserve. You could be good today, but instead you chose tomorrow. Um, that endless suffering that we're talking about, it's endless because it occurs every day. You don't get a break from that suffering when you're out of alignment with, uh, with your purpose and what you know you're supposed to be doing. And Marcus is basically calling you to the mat and giving you some accountability here. Uh, Mr. Aurelius, I don't know how to address him. Marcus Aurelius. He's saying, this is what you deserve. You could be good today, but instead you chose tomorrow. When you wake up and it's it, and you don't do what you need to do, you don't go get a workout in, um, you don't you don't go get a workout in. You don't do your cold shower. Uh, you don't go talk to a stranger. You don't, don't do your random act of kindness. I just got done with phase three. So these were all the things that I needed to do in the morning. Uh, when you don't do that, um, and you're sitting there at noon at your cubicle and things just don't seem right. And you're having kind of a crummy day and everything's pissing you off. Uh, Marcus Aurelius here is saying, this is what you deserve. You could be good to get, you could be good today, but instead you chose tomorrow. Um, this is why I constantly say to stack dubs early in the morning, stack dubs. First thing, make sure the first thing that you do when you wake up and get out of bed is in accordance with that consistent goal, because what, and if you don't, then life is going to get in the way. All of these other obligations that you've made, um, they're going to get in the way and you could go a whole day without stacking one single dub that is in accordance with your purpose and your consistent goal, your consistent goal. And by dub, I mean W stacking wins. Uh, and when you feel crummy, you deserve it because you could have done what you needed to do today, but instead you chose tomorrow. Uh, when you wake up tomorrow, don't make the same choice. That's kind of the idea that he's getting at here. Um, it's a little bit of encouragement. Let's see. Last one. We're going to go to number five. This is going to be in book 12. He says, book 12, number six, practice even what seems impossible. The left hand is useless at almost everything for lack of practice. Oh, the left hand is useless for almost every. Sorry. The left hand is useless at almost everything for lack of practice, but it guides the reins better than the right from practice. Uh, a lot of people don't ride uh, horses that listen to this show. Um, so that may not make sense. What I wrote down here is a baseball glove. So uh, think of a baseball glove when he says that the left hand is useless at almost everything for lack of practice, but it, it catches the ball better than the right from practice. Um, what he's saying here and what I like about this and, and what ha goes in with our, uh, how it fits into our little theory that we've created here is uh, it, it's not always going to seem easy. Uh, you have to practice and build momentum. What practice is, is, a certain uh, momentum and skill that comes with uh, 
I guess practicing <laughs> that comes with uh, stacking stacking wins, stacking dubs, learning new things, getting good at them, knowing having experience. Uh, that's what. Um, let's see. How do I? How do I say this? Um, when you look for your consistent goal in life, there are going to be things that seem almost impossible uh, to achieve. So, for example, being a good husband. Well, what is number one for being a good husband? You have to be healthy and fit, I think. I, I don't think that you can um, be a good husband or a good father if you don't have uh, your own health and fitness as a priority. Uh, this comes from simple, uh, just to back this up, I mean, this comes from, like, let's let's look at uh, rescue tactics or first aid tactics. Um, when you roll up on a situation, if you're going to get hurt, you're not any good to anybody. Uh, if your house is on fire and you don't know how to handle a fire, you can't help anybody at all. So in order to serve somebody else, you have to have your own house in order, your own body in order. So health and fitness. A lot of people think that that seems impossible, whether they want to gain muscle, whether they want to be more capable, whether they want to lose weight, whether they want to run farther. It looks impossible because you've never done it before. What he's saying here is if you do these things daily, um, if you rally behind your consistent goal and get after it daily, the suffering is going to stop. And eventually all of these things that you think are impossible, you will get good at. Just right. I mean, right here, uh, the left hand is useless at almost everything for lack of practice, but it guides the reins better than the right from practice. Uh, think about that time in baseball uh, when you first put a glove on your left hand you learned how to write with your right or you've been doing all these things with your right hand and then they slap a glove on your left and it's the one thing that keeps you from getting hit in the face with a baseball uh, I can catch almost anything with my left hand <laughs> I mean I got so good at being able to catch things with my left hand because I practiced it and he's right it's it's useless for almost everything else I'm, I'm slightly uh, I can do things with my left hand because I practice them, but um, now my left hand can't throw with a shit. I mean, it's awful, uh, but I can catch a ball with it. So what he's saying here is these things that seem impossible, um, you can achieve them over time with this consistent, uh, this consistent driving goal, uh, waking up every single day and choosing uh, to do the right thing, not choosing to do it tomorrow. I think that that's kind of a yeah, I think that he's laid out a really good, uh, really good daily theory for us to follow daily. I guess um, not really routine, but he's given us all the reasons. He's given us all the reasons to stick to a consistent goal and a consistent routine every single day. This book was really good. You know, I got it as a Christmas gift, and I never really uh, put much thought into uh, meditations. I had heard about it. I thought it was kind of a fad. Um, again, I'm not exactly sold on stoicism. I'd like to have a conversation on stoicism with, uh, somebody that I know, but, and I'm going to learn more about it, but I've never been just super sold on, uh, on stoicism. And I knew that it was a pretty, uh, pretty big part of stoicism. And then somebody gave it to me as a Christmas gift and I dove right into it because honestly, I dove into it because it was quick and I was trying to prepare for, um, the rest of the book clubs and get, an idea down of what I actually wanted to do. Um, and it turned into something that I really, really appreciate. I can look back in here and, uh, 
see a lot of new ways of thinking about modern problems. Uh, not really new ways, old ways. And Marcus tells us that. That, uh, and, and again, just the irony of him saying multiple times that uh, you shouldn't be, you know, fawning over or um, holding as heroes the people of the past that you need to look to your contemporaries. I always thought it was just really funny as I was reading this book. And I think he, um, I think he's onto something with that. But uh, I do believe that there are different perspectives in this book and it's kind of wild to know that uh this great emperor 2000 years ago or whatever it was i, I need to read up on my marcus Aurelius history i'm sorry a uh, complete and utter failure that i don't know more about his life uh, before i read this but um or before especially before i reviewed it but uh an emperor some odd years ago had trouble getting out of bed it's just kind of it brings us back to reality and brings us back to the understanding that um, we're all essentially the same. All of the people all over the world that do great and magnificent things, uh, they're made out of the same material as you are. They uh, have the same, not the same brain, but um, they have the same human nature that you do. And they have to fight through a lot of the same things that you do. That manifests itself in different ways. Um, people have different tragedies in their life that they have to fight through, but uh, the essential things that we're fighting are all pretty much the same. And that goes even for emperors that have all the money and, and riches in the world. Um, I mean, literally. <laughs> I mean, he ruled over so much. Um, and when you take his notes, just his notes that he was jotting down in the evening, and you read them, you understand that he was just like you. And I think that was my favorite part about this book. So thanks, guys, for reading along. Thank you for uh, participating in the book club, those of you that are. I really want you to come out and read Blood Meridian. This is this is where uh, I, I think it's going to uh, I think it's going to be really cool because we're reading this old-ass book that um, – has a lot of symbolism in it has a lot of good valuable knowledge and where he tells us to uh not you know look to our look to uh the really old uh heroes of the past as heroes to to admire our contemporaries and then we're immediately going into one of the most impactful novels uh of the 20th century by cormac mccarthy i mean it was only made in like the 80s and i yeah i think it was only written in the 80s um and now it's right about the 40 year mark that uh Marcus notes in here that, um, you know, he says that anything that you can see from 2000 years can be, uh, seen from 40. And so we're about to read, you know, from a 2000 year old book or whatever, 2000 year old, uh, notes. And then we're going to jump into a 40 year old book that I think is going to say just as much, if not more than what meditations did. So I really like the symbolism guys. I hope that y'all get blood meridian and uh, get through it. I will tell you it's very violent. Um, if you don't like violence, uh, I still think you should read it because it's, it's going to make you uncomfortable for, for a reason, uh, just to, just to kind of prep for blood meridian. It, it makes you uncomfortable. And even, even myself who, um, the violence and stuff like that, I'm I, I'm okay with. You know, uh, it's hard to see it in real life. It's it's hard to see it in movies sometimes, but I'm relatively, you know, okay with seeing violent scenes and stuff like that. But uh, reading some of the stuff in there, uh, it really made me uncomfortable. And so uh, I, I know it's gonna do some of the same for y'all as well. And uh, I want you to embrace that. I want you to understand why it makes you uncomfortable. And I mean, that's half the book is uh, Hey, how do not, Hey, but like, it's not that nonchalant, but half the book is making you realize the uncomfortable, 
uh, nature of the world that we live in. So uh, embrace that, read on, read through it, uh, get through the book. Don't put it down because you're too uncomfortable or because it gets boring. That's the point. That is the point. If you get bored with this book, that's the point. And I'll just kind of give you a little hint there that uh, that's kind of the idea. Uh, now, it's not boring all the way through, but there are sections in there that are designed to bore the shit out of you. Um, now, there are words in there that will make you uncomfortable. It'll make a lot of people uncomfortable. Um, the idea, and if it makes you uncomfortable, good. Like, literally good. That's what it's supposed to do, is make you uncomfortable, bore the shit out of you, and then absolutely awe you with uh, complete and utter violence. That's, that's the point of the book. So... Uh, get in there, get it read, and I hope you join me for the uh, the book club on that. Thanks, everybody. I couldn't do what I do without you. Thank you for listening.